Ever so nice to be here with you, Jay, in lovely Edinburgh. The very same. God, I love this city. Yes, so isn't much. it beautiful? Just the view from outside of your window. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, a real privilege. Not my home, I should add. No, nice Airbnb. <laughs> yes. But you can see the castle. I guess during the summer, these trees outside that look really barren this time of year. Be yeah. really luscious and green and... Yeah, it's Gorgeous view. beautifully wintry and festive this time of year. <laughs> Yay, Yay, this time of year. Yeah. That's one of the key things that we're going to be talking about in Indeed. this podcast. Indeed. <laughs> I think there's something about this time of year that despite having some difficulties with it, I absolutely do love the feeling of all the lights coming out and the darkness descending and everybody kind of holding up in blankets, surrounded by cushions, and that sense of hibernation. Yeah. But with lots of sparkly lights. <laughs> this is the Stand Alone podcast. You're on your own during Christmas, and that distraction can come from being with someone, someone else. What I did was try and do it all myself, asking to walk, and then just being in the flat here on my own wasn't the healthiest way of dealing with it. My name's Jay, and I'm producing this podcast series for Standalone UK, supporting estranged adults in everyday life. There is a lot of nonsense about all the adverts on television, all these wonderful, happy families. The media spreads around messages of what Christmas is. I just think it's a sort of image of perfection that doesn't exist, whether your family experiences estrangement or not. We all know that that reality is not true for a lot of people. All this stuff about family is sort of thrown in your face. It brings up this stigma, this expectation that family should be perfect. Across these episodes, 10 participants who have very kindly offered to share their experiences of family estrangement. I have to say that since this happened, I, I don't enjoy Christmas anymore. It has affected me in that respect. Well, it's just like forced happiness and merriment, isn't it? I just don't, I don't buy it, really. My advice would be to set boundaries about what they can and can't do. But the thing is, you can't set those boundaries until you know what your tolerance levels are. I went to my manager and I was like, are you doing Christmas shifts? And she was like, oh, yeah, why? What do you need off? And I was like, oh, no, can you put me on on Christmas Day? And she was like, yeah, sure, but why? I was like, oh, it's a, it's a funny story. I miss the noise and I miss the food and the general warmth of the day. No two experiences of estrangement are the same. But hopefully throughout this podcast series, you'll hear useful ideas to take away, whether they're similar journeys or contrasting opinions. I knew that my children would be within a kilometre or two of where I was for the entire Christmas period but would be unable to have any connection whatsoever with them. Also trying to enjoy bits of it with my kids and try and enjoy their innocence in it all. Try and let go of my sadness for part of it as well, sort of hold it as a happy time for them. Build a future and build traditions that, that are for you and that you've crafted yourself. There is beauty in that as well. Mm. <laughs> Christmas time. Happy Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve, everyone. Happy Christmas Eve, Jay. Happy Christmas Eve.
If you've heard any of the previous episodes of the Stand Alone podcast, you'll be used to this voice by now. This is Becca Bland, the founder and CEO of Stand Alone UK. We did a study with YouGov two years ago, and only 64% of the nation are actually spending Christmas with their family. So yeah, it was surprisingly low. We felt that it was going to be kind of 80% or up there into the 90s, but actually a lot of people don't choose to spend Christmas Day or the Christmas period with their families. And a lot of people do put boundaries down around how much time they do spend with their families at this time of year. Because even if you're not completely estranged and you're just trying to hang things together with your family, it can be really difficult. There is a kind of toxic mix of people you might not have seen for a long time, plus a lot of alcohol and a lot of chocolate (laughs) and a lot of food, which seems to just not work. (laughs) That It can be really, really difficult and challenging. And I'm sure there's some people that have great fun at Christmas and have incredible family experiences. But on the whole, it's not something that our survey and our study with YouGov found people were really looking forward to. And yes, this is our Christmas Eve special episode. We will hear from almost everybody across the podcast series. People in episodes so far who we've already heard from and people featured in episodes yet to come their thoughts and experiences at this time of year. That's Mina, Aisha, Sarah, Nicola, Blair, Natasha, David, Yasmin, Grace, and also... This is Jonathan, who's one of our support group leaders in Edinburgh. Hi, yep. I've been working with Standalone for a few months now. I've done a couple of support groups with them. So I'm a qualified counsellor and have a particular interest in estrangement. I'm about to be starting some research on father-son estrangement too. So discussing and unwrapping Christmas and the winter holidays, a time which typically, through tradition, is associated with getting together with the family. So I haven't had that traditional Christmas Mm. for some years now because I've always gone away. So I've always escaped and gone to tropical climes to be able to feel that Christmas isn't happening. Mina's doing that this year as well. Yes. I think it's a common tactic for people in terms of managing Christmas that getting to a country or a place that, you know, there isn't there isn't Christmas going on can be quite healing and nice. Especially if it's warm as well. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like the cold aspects of Christmas. No, no. I just remember getting photos from my friends on Christmas Day last year where they were all outside in very snowy wintry climbs and I sent one back with my feet on the beach (laughs) in a very (laughs) I felt very smug (laughs) I guess we kind of celebrate Christmas in a way I'm not sort of religious in terms of you know I was brought up celebrating Diwali and all that kind of thing but yeah I don't really celebrate that Christmas is a really weird one for us because we've both had weird relationships with our family I think it's a moment where we both kind of feel a little bit sad, but we're trying to take ownership of Christmas now. Like, okay, fine, what you see on the telly is all these lovely families sitting around the table. That's never been us. Even when we were in touch with our families, that was never the family dynamic in our homes. Christmas used to always be a time of a little bit of sadness, really. Oh, we just don't really have that family. So this year, we're really trying to, even last year, we really tried to take ownership of it and had ourselves a really lovely Christmas with friends last year. So that was really nice. And this year, we're just going away. This year, I feel like I can't really be around it. 
I really I can't be around the Christmassy vibes this year. So we're going to a really un-Christmassy country <laughs> and uh, just getting away from, from from it all, really. Yeah. When you say somewhere un-Christmassy, I'm presuming you mean somewhere like where the sun is shining through the day and it's really warm. <laughs> we're going to go to Southeast Asia. I actually don't know if it's un-Christmassy, but I just guess because they're all sort of Buddhists that maybe they don't do Christmas. I'm actually taking myself on the holiday the week before Christmas. So I'm purposely missing out on everything leading up to Christmas. So people talking about Christmas shopping, people talking about what they're going to get for people. Like I'm just not even putting myself into that space, which I know really, really, really does get me down. I am so pleased that that is the case. (laughs) You said earlier that, that you love to travel. Yes. And you're doing it during this part of the year, just saying, no, thank you. I'm not part of that this time. I'm off. Pretty much. <laughs> it's the first it's the first time actually that I've taken myself off before Christmas. So I'm quite interested to see what impact it has on me, actually. Because if it, if it's a good impact, then I'll I'll try and make it a yearly thing. <laughs> yeah. My advice is to use it as an opportunity to do something very nourishing for themselves. So to either go away and find a really nice holiday which could be distinctly cheaper because (laughs) they're able to take advantage of um cheap flights over the festive period um or um to just celebrate in their lives like what what makes them happy what what makes them tick and find that time carving out a space for them to think to do to create or to rest. Christmas is about resting in many ways. And so just that time to have no expectations of yourself, no expectations of your feelings, no expectations of your actions, to just be. For Christmas this year, uh, Christmas was really difficult last year because I spent it on my own. I managed to arrange for a friend. She's in a similar situation to me. She was quite keen to be away from her family over Christmas and she's coming over from Michigan oh. to spend a week with me in London. Oh wow. We're going to have a good time just me and her. We've got loads of things planned and a long walk on Christmas day. That sounds really lovely. Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. And some of the people that I've spoken to earlier they said that they're also planning on getting away at Christmas and and going and either traveling or doing something away from that family thing as you say. Yeah I've done that before in the past. A few years ago when my parents were going through the divorce I went to Spain to like a Sufi retreat for 10 days and then I went off traveling by myself for a week after that and yeah it was good to sort of get away but to be honest with you when you're traveling by yourself you think a lot unless you're chatting to other travelers you're kind of just sort of on your own I found that quite difficult, to be honest with you, because I was thinking a lot about my situation and what had happened and things. Sometimes it's just good to have a distraction and forget that you're on your own during Christmas. And that distraction can come from being with someone someone else. Yeah. I hope you have a fantastic time when your friend comes over from Michigan. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. We were very tempted to just go away, but we've got dogs and couldn't leave them. So we're not going away this year. <laughs> maybe another year I don't think there's a right way to do Christmas and I hate that the media makes people think that there is because I think if you're with people who actually care about you or 
or do you know what if you like sometimes like I would happily spend it on my own just spend it on my own order in some food watch some bad films call it done like that would also be ideal and I think that's okay and it should be okay you got to do what you got to do to get through what I think is a really difficult period well it's a very hard time of year but then I rationalize that now I couldn't have done I'm talking to you in a much more rational way now, Jay. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> Five years ago, I wouldn't have been able. You know, there is a lot of nonsense about all the adverts on television, all these wonderful, happy families. And we all know that that reality is not true for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you. I mean, it's, it's that um, Bing Crosby, isn't it, all round the fireplace, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with perfectly decorated lounges with the log fire. It's just, you know, it's just a, an image that is forced down our neck. And it's just not like that, really. I mean, the amount of people that fall out over Christmas and domestic violence and all that, it's just, you know, it's just, it just accentuates everything. The anticipation of Christmas coming up, even though I don't celebrate Christmas, but because all this stuff about family is sort of thrown in your face, it just can be a lot to bear. And I find myself feeling really anxious about family holidays like a month or so in advance. Because <sighs> that's a big part of, I mean, the reason why you're wanting to release this series of podcasts around Christmas leading up to it and then afterwards is that this is the time of year when we are surrounded by adverts and marketing material and stories and films that are about family and togetherness and yeah. we're surrounded by this imagery and you see that most prevalently i think around christmas mm. the christmas ads that come out drive me insane every year mm. of this like very picture perfect family who seem to really, really enjoy every moment of Christmas that you see on these adverts and so sentimental. In many ways, I think it is such a misrepresentation. And I often like to compare it to the fashion industry where they really, really want all women to be able to fit into clothes that are made for teenagers. Whereas in reality, all women can't fit into clothes that are made for teenagers. We're all very, very different in size and shape. And families, I think, are exactly the same. We can't all fit our families around a Christmas tree and have happy times and exchange gifts and feel warmed in the heart on that one day of the year. It just isn't realistic. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? And I just think it's so much a sort of advertising image and how many people who do go and see their family experience that. You know, I just think actually it's probably difficult for everyone. I can't imagine that there's many, I just think it's a sort of image of perfection that doesn't exist whether your family experiences estrangement or not. So I think it's difficult all round, but obviously it does make it more painful. I think you don't even need to have any experience of estrangement to recognise that that fantasy, that fantasy Christmas is a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any family that, that feels that those adverts represent all the tensions that, that arise at Christmas, even in even in the closest relationships, family relationships. Yeah. Do you think they inform our views, though? Sure. Our expectations, definitely, yeah. Yes, and it is really pushed down your throat, really pushed down your throat. And yet, only the other evening... I had a meal with some of my women friends and I'd cooked for them all. 
and Christmas came up as it did, and they were all spending Christmas with their children and grandchildren. And that's fine, but it was that little dart in the heart, you know, it was there because I will spend part of Christmas Day with my daughter and her partner and little girl, but not all of it because she's going to go and spend it with the partner's parents, for which is fine. I get that. One child is away. My other son with grandchildren, they are spending it with my daughter-in-law's mother, which is fine, but they're going to come and see us straight after. So we'll have Christmas then. So I'm just trying to put it in proportion. But, you know, it is rammed down your throat. There is no doubt about that. It brings up this stigma, this expectation that families should be perfect. Um, (laughs) That it's all happy and smiley and singy. And, of course, I have to check myself and know that that's not true. Mm. Yeah, so I think that we often see a lot of pictures of biological families having a great time at Christmas, like around Christmas trees and eating together. But I think it's really important to understand that families are rarely as simple as we see in these media portrayals of family. And also, in some way, I think for those of us in this position, we need to readjust what we see as family. So we may have really supportive, loving people in our lives and Christmas can be a time to celebrate them, can be a time to celebrate our friendships, can be a time to celebrate our partners, our boyfriends, girlfriends, and it can be a time to celebrate good colleague relationships too. So I think in some ways, taking part in Christmas doesn't necessitate having a biological family to spend Christmas Day with. It can be about celebrating all those other much more supportive relationships that we do have. Over the past couple of years, I've been spending it with my partner's family who are amazing and loving and welcoming and who I see as my own family as well. But yeah, there is something strange about not being there with your own family. But it's just started to feel more normal the more that those occurrences have come up, really. This Christmas, I'm spending the holiday with my boyfriend's family, which is great. But if I didn't have that, if I didn't have the people around me, all these safe places to go, I would look into the groups that are out there for people in similar positions. So I know, for instance, that Standalone does a scheme at Christmas for making Christmas a bit easier for people. You can volunteer with community groups and charities and what have you, because you'll be surprised how many people are in a similar difficult position. I've tried things like sort of being with friends or with more extended family or in-laws I always find that quite painful. It sort of seems to bring up more of a sense of loss or what isn't there. I say this as somebody that has spent a lot of Christmases in other people's Christmases and there's nothing quite so isolating as being in somebody else's Christmas without them really understanding why you're there or what's going on and nobody's going to ask you directly. Or sometimes people do ask you directly and it's very hard to know what the answer is. So yeah, it depends where you are with your mental health, I think. If you're having a good day, I think it can be a nice experience if you're comfortable with the people that you're around and you know them well and they feel like your chosen family, you know. But if it's something you're doing because you think you should be with other people and that that's just what Christmas is about, that you should find a Christmas to go and be in, then that can actually be a really difficult experience in my... This is I'm talking personally here, then Mm. I found that to be somewhat problematic. The 
thing that I find most helpful is I go and work at the local homeless shelter. So I'll do a shift there on Christmas night and Boxing Day as well, and probably sort of one on either side of that. I do it in some ways for quite selfish reasons. It's because it helps me to feel like I'm doing something worthwhile and useful at that time of year. But I'm also (laughs) fascinated by the community of people who volunteer at that time of year. And it's so incredibly popular. The spaces, particularly on Christmas Day, go really quickly, (laughs) which just kind of proves that there's a lot of people out there who feel a need to be somewhere other than at home on Christmas Day and to maybe have a sense of being useful or fulfilled in some way. Hmm. I really respect you for helping out at the homeless shelters. I think that's a brilliant way to to spend the holiday period personally. Yeah, it's such a great experience. The first time I did it, I was so overwhelmed with it actually felt like and this is, you know, almost a bit kind of corny, but it felt like this is, you know, the kind of spirit of Christmas because people were just donating huge amounts of food and time and energy. Obviously, homelessness is an issue that needs to be dealt with every day of the year. It's not just over Christmas time, but I I kind of feel like it's not a bad thing that if it just if it works to highlight it over that time. Two Christmases ago, um, we we buried my mother on December the 12th. So Christmas was cancelled anyway. And last Christmas was a bit better, but I mean, I think when you've had young children, Christmas is for kids, and when you've got older children who you know have been out Christmas Eve drinking and they don't want to get up Christmas morning because they're hungover it takes on a different image anyway I I hate shopping I hate crowds (laughs) and all these people running around trying to buy presents that no one wants (laughs) for one day I'd rather everyone just went and fed people in a soup kitchen I actually tried to do that I tried to sign up to do that they said there's a waiting list And I thought that's because people are trying to get out of Christmas. So (laughs) I'm just not a big Christmas person anyway, never have been. A good friend of mine is estranged from her family at the moment. And she said, you know, I've got three weeks off. Do you know what I'm going to do? It's going to be a creative retreat. It's going to be a creative retreat. She goes, I don't care. It's just going to be me. And I am going to write and I'm going to dance and I'm going to compose the songs that I've been wanting to compose. And it's just going to be me. I don't want to see anybody. I'm totally okay with that. I do realise that some people aren't okay with that. But I'm going to do what I've wanted for so long. People go away and do this during the summer or whatever. But no, this is going to be my time. And I'm just going to have a creative retreat for myself. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to honour myself in that way. So she's really taking power over that period, which could possibly be, oh, my God, but I'm on my own and I've got no nobody around me. But I do understand that people are at different points in their estrangement and therefore Christmas can be really difficult and maybe they can't do that. So the only thing that I can really think of is to say to take ownership of it. I've always called it reclaiming your Christmas because for many, many years I felt that I couldn't celebrate Christmas because I didn't have the ability to go home and be in that kind of very archetypal Christmas setting. But I do realise now as the years have gone on that there are people in my life that I want to celebrate with and there are things that I can do on Christmas Day that make me feel special and there are rituals about Christmas that I enjoy on its own so I really enjoy eating I really enjoy chocolate (laughs) I really really enjoy um I really enjoy the lights and I really enjoy the time of feeling quite you know hibernating togetherness can be with so many other people 
And I think I would just encourage people to look around their lives and be very grateful for those people that are there. Gratitude doesn't have to be about your biological family. Forgiveness isn't a necessary part of Christmas. It can be just about celebrating where you are, that you are in one piece. It doesn't really matter who who it was, but just to try not to be continuously by yourself over the Christmas period. I, I really would make every, every effort not to do that. What I did was try and do it all myself, asking to walk and then just being in the flat here on my own. It wasn't the, the healthiest way of dealing with it. What I wish I had done is talk to the people around me a lot sooner because it got to a couple of weeks before Christmas and I was saying to my friends, oh yeah, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just going to be in the flat on my own and oh my god I had no idea why don't you you'd be amazed at the number of friends who say why don't you come to my family Christmas obviously it's different for everyone in the position they're in but I think for everyone having an understanding that Christmas isn't just a quote-unquote family like a biological family time I think it would just make it a bit easier for everyone you know even those people who recognize that there are always tensions around in families still many of them think that those tensions should be resolvable, should be bearable, should be manageable and tolerable. For some people, they're simply not. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you have a dysfunctional romantic relationship, people have got a lot more understanding of the need to Mm. leave a romantic relationship that isn't working, that's dysfunctional, that's abusive. You might even be told, you know, you might even be advised by friends get out yeah and actually friends may walk away from you if you don't get out and family members may walk away if you don't get out (laughs) but it's so interesting isn't it that people don't take that strong a stance when it comes to Mm. a really dysfunctional family member yeah it is a difficult time of year but it's not the only difficult time of year for me birthdays when they come my missing grandchildren's birthdays difficult times. My daughter's birthday is a difficult time. So I'm trying to be much more rational about Christmas and to accept that I will feel sad, but it will pass and I won't feel any sadder than I did on her birthday or on my granddaughter's. But you know what I mean? So I'm less emotional about it now. I think it's probably because I'm less raw It was horrendous in the beginning. We don't always spend Christmas Day with some of the children anymore because they're with other partners and partners' families. You know, that's how it is. For me, I think it's Christmas followed by Mother's Day, I think, are the absolute worst because the media spreads around messages of what, Christmas is and on Mother's Day when you celebrate mothers and stuff I always think it's such a narrow view of those concepts you know Mother's Day I'm just about fine with because it's one day I just suck it up and I'm like fine and I have a lot of friends who are mums so I try and look at it from that perspective because a lot of them are great mums and they're wonderful people so I celebrate that And I think it's similar with Mother's Day. The amount of times that I've become really frustrated at Mother's Day cards Mm. that never quite describe the relationships between mothers and children. They they really, really, really glorify it. Yeah, Yeah, you don't see 
your own feelings necessarily summarized in those in those lovely verses in the you know in the middle do you no No. I think there's so much emphasis around family when it comes to Christmas and Eid and any other kind of special occasion throughout the year even birthdays can be really difficult you know there's this expectation that you're going to be spending it at some point with your family you're going to be celebrating with your family it can be tricky to kind of explain to people that that's not the case for you necessarily. I've been so blessed by Allah because I found family and other people. You know, I've got the most amazing friends who are my family now, who are my sisters, my brothers. You know, I've got my friend's mother who's adopted me as though she's my mother and she has been amazing. You know, they had me over for Eid, which is like a Muslim celebration at the end of the fasting period. And they're just such amazing, loving and kind people. And I just thank God that I have these people in my life. But it does hurt because I like to think that I'm a kind person who helps people. And I don't know why I can't have a relationship with my my family, my, my blood family. And I try and tell myself that you know, I'm bigger than this stigma in our community. But it does get to me. The loneliness is the hardest. It really does feel really lonely. This year, I celebrated my second Eid and my second Ramadan without my family. It has been difficult. I feel like I'm still so early into this process of building my own kind of traditions and building my own ideals of the day and what I'd like to do and how I'd like to celebrate. But my partner's been amazing in that, in that he observes Ramadan with me. So he fasts every year. The past two years, he's fasted with me. We both make sure that we do something that we we both want to do on Eid, which is really nice because when I used to celebrate Eid with my family, a lot of it was about, you know, having loads of guests come around and you not necessarily spending the day how you would choose to spend it. So there are the plus sides in that I'm, I'm spending the day exactly how I want to spend it. So we'll go out for a nice meal or we'll go for a walk and we'll do what, what we feel like doing, which is great. But obviously... I'm from a culture which is very, very family orientated. These occasions especially are where everyone gets together and the house is noisy, it's busy, everyone's there. And I do miss that element of it. I miss the noise and I miss the food and I miss the general warmth of the day. But it really is about creating your own traditions and starting your own way of kind of celebrating the day and doing what suits you so although it can feel sad at times we always find a way to make it fun for us I'm lucky to have my partner's family and have them there welcoming me and almost treating me like I am their family too I know that that's not the case for everyone who deals with estrangement and and that can really be a struggle I don't enjoy Christmas Christmas Day I find fine, but the build-up in the whole month of December just makes me very anxious because it just reminds me of all of the other build-ups to Christmas that I've had. Since getting to university, so I think that's been, what, three Christmases now? I've still been sort of in contact with my family. I have not always handled them in the healthiest way. My first Christmas was when I was 18. I went back to the family home 
for 10 days, two weeks. And that was when I was the most unwell I have ever been in terms of my mental health. I had found myself in this great, safe place at university. I had sort of forgotten what everything else had been like, but then for two weeks of Christmas, it was just the most awful reminder because I was there again. After that, I had a very, very rough patch in my health and in university. In the years since then, I've been a bit better. I think I just did not know what to expect first time. And so that's why, as poorly as it did, the year after that, again, it's one of those absurd things that's quite funny. I actually asked to walk Christmas Day. I walked in like a desserts restaurant and I went to my manager. I was like, are you doing Christmas shifts? And she was like, oh yeah, why? What do you need off? And I was like, oh no, can you put me on on Christmas Day? And she was like, yeah, sure, but why? I was like, oh, it's a, it's a funny story. Even then, I still had to go back, but I was working Christmas Eve, I was working Christmas Day, I was working Boxing Day, and it meant that I only had to go back to the family home for about six hours, which was fine. And again, that wasn't the most healthy ways of dealing with it because it was still really difficult and quite lonely. So I think since then, how I wish I had handled those Christmases was first just making other people aware that it's a difficult time because... The people around you who know about whatever you're going through and the estrangement, I think if you can say to them, yeah, by the way, I actually don't look forward to Christmas and it's really difficult. I think that it just makes the whole thing easier because it reminds the people around you to be a bit sensitive. I'm not telling anyone else not to enjoy their Christmas. Of course not. But when it can be, oh, I'm doing this with my family, I'm doing this with my family, and then we're going to see this part of my family on Christmas Day. And what are you doing? That can be really difficult. But if people around you, if they just know to be a bit sensitive, then it makes it so much easier because they just won't mention family and it just makes the whole thing, like the whole conversation a lot easier. It's just a case of kind of reminding yourself of why you are where you are in the first place. So you've just got to think about the here and now rather than reminiscing about the past and any kind of good moments you might have had because ultimately that relationship wasn't working and that's why you're here and you're in this situation of estrangement. And then in the last few years because I've been on my own like when you tell people and people say oh how are you celebrating Christmas and you say oh you know not really going to do much people look at you askance like as if you're doing some horrible subversive act or something like it's really it's like it's really strange I don't get it like I don't get why how I choose to spend Christmas impacts anyone else but for some reason it does and people are like oh you're gonna see your family what are you doing isn't it such a great time to spend with your family and it's all about togetherness and I'm there I'm just like smiling and you know kind of like dying slowly inside because like you don't want to lie to someone but you also like this person who is literally just talking at you about this magical Christmas they're going to have and and part of me always feels really sad because I'm like I've never had that and I'm not likely to have that. But allowing yourself to feel everything that you need to feel as well. I think people sense that you should feel happy and festive at this time of year and for other people it's quite the opposite. It's the most depressing, difficult, lonely and sad time of the year. So I think just honouring those feelings and saying, yes, I can feel gratitude for what I do have but actually I am also going to 
in many ways allow room for the feelings difficult more difficult feelings or feelings that are not necessarily in line with the festivities and not to not to deny to yourself that it is going to be sad of course it's going to be sad uh, but try and sort of portion the day out you know a part of the day can be dedicated to the sadness okay that's fine but the rest of the day can be dedicated to you know doing something else to spending time with relatives or friends what i wouldn't do is if a friend or a relative invites you to come don't say no because you think you'll be in the way or they're only doing it because they're worried about you they're right to be worried about you and and you're right to accept for me being less proud would have made things a lot easier if i could have said oh you know what? actually that'd be nice i will come home to your family for christmas because you'd be amazed at the number of families who just will open the doors to anyone and but i always thought oh no that's their family thing and i don't want to intrude i personally find this time of year bleak and difficult i mean i have my own children so i do have a family now and it's lovely to enjoy the magic of christmas with them and they're still young enough that they can really kind of get fully involved in that but there's always a sense of it just feels like a very poignant time of year and one when in sort of i guess in movies that's when people reconcile and stuff isn't it at the end when it's all kind of like suddenly the night before christmas everything becomes okay again and in reality that's not really the case there is this christmas kind of infestation of let's reach out at the festive time of year and do all of this communication at Christmas time because reconciliation is always talked about so much at Christmas and it's the time of forgiveness the time of togetherness so I think people can feel quite pushed by the media to think that oh if I'm going to heal it now it needs to be at this time of year and I would just say to think very carefully about whether Christmas is the best time of year to start this communication. Christmas can be a very emotive time of year for everybody. People's feelings are riding high. And secondly, there can be a lot of alcohol and messages are not always best received with a lot of alcohol around. And then I think thirdly, the expectations are so much higher. And so in many ways, I think reconciliation is best managed when you don't have any expectations. Whereas when you have sky-high expectations that there's going to be this big Christmas crescendo where everyone's finally together and love is restored in our family lives, it can be so hurtful when the absolute opposite happens, when there's either silence or outright rejection, or ultimately people don't engage in a way that you really need. There's also a risk that, that you might paper over the cracks. Yeah. Either side might just want that perfect Christmas enough to say, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And it's not actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of processing that needs to be done. There's a lot more talking that might need to be done. And it's a process rather than a moment where somebody says, I'm sorry. And somebody else says, I forgive you. And then it's all all right. You know, it's rarely that simple. No, and I think soap operas and agony ants would love it to be that way and kind of often advocate that it is. But actually, yeah, it's a very long process, mm. very long journey with each other, reconciliation. And there's usually almost always hurt on both sides. 
So it's it's not usually a one-way conversation. There's usually movement on, on both sides needed and uh, a recognition of each other's pain. Yeah. Maybe one of those aspects of the festive time of year that can be so difficult is that when people are in these positions, a lot of people do prod and ask whether they might just want to pick up the phone at this time of year. And shouldn't they just get in touch or even shouldn't they just send a Christmas card and a present and and that be the start of things? Yeah. Not last year, but I think the year before that, I had a full on like episode, like I had to take my partner aside and I was like, I can't do Christmas like this. I can't do Christmas surrounded by people 24 seven. I physically couldn't do it. I was like in a room crying because like I just couldn't I just couldn't do it and um yeah like I'm a bit better now like I think my advice to anyone would be to set boundaries about what they can and can't do but the thing is you can't set those boundaries until you know what your tolerance levels are really and mine mine are pretty bad I have to say like I can just about do it with my partner and his family well I think it's about keeping yourself safe I think it's about really having an understanding of what your triggers are and understanding that a lot of other people may feel triggered by that too people need to understand their own boundaries and really look after themselves and use it as a time to treat themselves as well to reward themselves for getting through it and making sure that they feel that they are looked after I have to say that since this happened, I I don't enjoy Christmas anymore. It has affected me in that respect. Mind you, having been a nurse for years, I've witnessed old people living on their own who've lost their spouses over 60 years, you know, sitting there at Christmas on their own and the families haven't come to see them or they haven't got any family. And I think Christmas just brings it home to people sometimes. Certainly, you know, I should have my two boys and their girlfriends or their wives and their children and I should have my family and I won't I mean they're not at that stage yet. neither of them have had children but going forward that's how it should be especially at those family times but I'm not kidding myself I'm not fighting your feelings I think so many people feel that they should be happy at this time of year, that they should be joyful, they should be festive, and they really go hard on themselves for not feeling that way. But I think it's really important to meet yourself where you are and say, I feel stress, I feel loss, I feel sadness, I feel loneliness. I feel all of these very difficult emotions today or over the course of the festive period. And find a way to meet those emotions where they are, not to kind of say they shouldn't exist, but to allow them a place in your life where they don't dominate, but they're able to be processed and be able to, you know, have their place. It's a difficult day. I think as well, because of the message of Christmas, a lot of people feel under pressure to forgive at Christmas time. And that's such a a strong narrative as well generally speaking, about the need to forgive and to be forgiving. And I have no expertise in in forgiving and reconciliation, but my own personal experience tells me that forgiving is not always a short or easy process. It involves acknowledging, first of all, what harm has been done, and it might involve an acknowledgement from from the two sides as to what pain they've caused or been responsible for, or at least acknowledging the other person and what they're feeling. And that process is not always a short one. 
I would challenge that that idea that that forgiveness at Christmas means clicking your fingers and saying I forgive you. Is that the bell? Yeah. Ah. Jonathan, it's one Thank o'clock. You. <laughs> we need to get going. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. It really was. You're a wonderful human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Standalone is a really small charity and I started the charity seven years ago and have built it up to what it is now, which is supporting people in six different locations and also running a national campaign for students to get them more support and visibility in their higher education process. We've done a huge amount in such a small time. What we really need to ensure that we are around in the long term and that we can scale properly is more donations from people like you. If you support charities, you'll know that there are bigger charities that ask for donations all the time on TV, on billboards, on the tube, on the bus, and they have really huge campaigns. This is great, but as a small charity, we can't afford those kind of campaigns. So we're asking you, our committed listeners who are impacted by this issue, to support the charity. And if you can set up a monthly donation of just five or ten pounds, it makes a huge difference to what we can do for you. If you go to our Just Giving site, which is www.justgiving.com slash standalone, then you can make a donation, a one-off donation, and also set up a monthly donation if you're able to. Your funds go a really long way to help people with this niche issue, and it means a lot to me as a founder to see other people supporting the charity. A lot of people think that support should just be with them, but we really need everyone to contribute to make sure that this support can scale and grow and reach as many people as possible. So this Christmas, please do consider giving a monthly donation to Standalone or giving us a one-off Christmas present donation on the Just Giving site. Thank you. Thank you for joining our Christmas Eve special episode of the Stand Alone podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And if you can, do share it with a friend or an ally or someone who you think might find it beneficial to hear. This was the final episode of the Standalone podcast this year. But don't worry, we do plan on releasing more in 2020. All of these voices who you heard today, who haven't had episodes of their own so far, will have full episodes releasing in the new year. Another eight in total as part of this series. And, as always, we like to end these episodes by looking forward at the next one. So, this is Sarah. Sarah is a university lecturer who is estranged from one of her two sons. The altercation happened on a boxing day. We'd looked after his girlfriend all over Christmas. She'd been included. He'd had everything he wanted, loads of presents. And it just kicked off on Boxing Day after his girlfriend had gone home. I can't even remember why the, the argument happened. But, yeah, so, uh, yes, I'm not a big Christmas lover, no, no. To go to your own mother's funeral and have your son ignore you is pretty grim. He was hysterical because he loved his grandmother and he'd found her dead, which was horrible for him, I'm sure. And I remember the morning that I got the phone call saying she was dead and we all charged around there and he was sitting there and he was hysterical. And I 
I put my arm around him. It was just automatic. And we were estranged at that point. And he, I don't think he realised who it was. And then he looked at me and he said, get off of me. And I thought, my God, you're so angry still. If you are feeling lower than normal or need immediate support with your well-being at this time of year, please call Samaritans for free on 116-123 or make an emergency appointment with your GP. Standalone UK are such a small charity and so they cannot give out individual advice. If you want to talk about the podcast, head online and go to their Twitter page at UK Standalone to join in the discussion. Remember that Standalone has lots of advice on their website as part of their guides. The Standalone podcast was produced by me, Jay Sykes. For Becca Bland of Standalone UK.